Uh, another week. This is the Live Life Aggressively Podcast. Sincere Hogan, that is me. Have my partner in crime on the other line. That's Mike Mahler. What's up, brother? I'm doing good, man. We have another great guest today, and we've had we've had a really interesting run of guests. And I was thinking, I was just thinking about our show last week when we when we had Freddie Madball, lead singer of Madball, of course. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, no one no one has the broad spectrum of guests that we have. <laughs> I mean, if you look at our guests, Charles Poliquin, Amy Dumas. Freddie Madball. I mean, I can't think of any show out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what makes it fun for us. I mean, I'm sure some people are going, Freddie Madball, why would I want to hear about the lead singer of a New York City hardcore band? Because he's an interesting guy. And exactly. more importantly, he's interesting to us. And I don't really care if he's interesting <laughs> to you, you know, because we do this show first for us. And then we look for people that are interested in what we're interested in. And that's right. why the show works. We're not going to just pick people that we could care less or worse people that we don't even like. You know, we've had listeners okay, recommend, man. hey, how about getting so-and-so on? I'm like, hell And man. I'm like, I don't like that, dude. No, so we're not going to get him on just for that reason. <laughs> and, and, and on top of that, he's not going to bring anything, or she's not going to bring anything to the table that's actually going right. to help our listeners. And this, again, the whole theme of the show is really taking control of your life and, and creating a life, man, beyond just gym stuff, just beyond just workouts and, and nutrition and all that. It's actually having a lifestyle. And a lot of these people... Some of these people that you guys suggest are so one-dimensional that it's it's pathetic, you know. And no, but here's the thing: don't stop sending suggestions. Don't stop doing that. Then you're like, well, damn, I was just about to suggest so and so. Just no, don't we'll, su- keep, we'll keep ignoring them. So keep. <laughs> <sending> them. <laughs> <laughs> there are some of you. I mean, there are some suggestions that are like, you know, boom, they're really, really great, and we're trying to make that happen. So you know, again. Some of the I suggestions, think, though, were like, come on, have you ever heard the show before? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Want to have that or, person? <laughs> or there's the, there are the people who just. Probably never listen to the show at all, but they have their agents or their PR person email either yeah, one of yeah, us yeah, right, and say, right. "We hey we love LLA podcast. We think this person would be a great guest." And I'm listening. I'm like, "Oh my god, I, I, are you serious right now? This person's putting me to sleep." And they don't sound like they're living anything aggressively at no. this point. They don't even sound like they're alive. It's like it's like you got a hand stuck up their ass, and it's like Willie Tyler and Lester. Google it if you don't know who that is. Well, people are <laughs> people are realizing how important podcasts are. Yeah, for exactly. PR. So what's happening now is people will go out there and research podcasts that are who's hot. Who's charting the best on iTunes? Who's got the exactly. most views? And that's what and then they're try doing. To get, and then try to get their people on there, which, which in my opinion is a flawed strategy. It's better off finding shows that are a personality fit for you and then go on there. And what are you going to bring to the table for that audience? So here's the thing. Well, you're going to know that you actually need to listen to that show and know who that audience is. So it, it goes right back to that whole thing about reciprocity. And it's funny because I'm actually going to be talking about that on another guy's podcast, man, that art of reciprocity, because that ish is lacking these days, especially in this industry in business, just period. Everybody wants something, but nobody wants to bring something to the table when they come there and start coming to the table to eat your food. Like, dude, it's not a this is a potluck. You know, bring something, dude. Everybody's got to pitch in. Don't just eat out. Don't sit there and, and just drink everybody's drink and then you don't want to chip in. Come on, man. Snoop told you about that a long time ago in his first album. <laughs> Everybody wants to drink, but nobody's chipping in. What's up with that? So, yeah, man. But uh, exactly. one of the cool things about the show, man, is also on, on a lighter note is how the show really inspires a lot of our listeners, man, to really take charge. And my thing is, yeah, it's always been there. It's not like we went up there and put guns to their heads like, hey, man. Get your shit together, <laughs> you know. But the thing is, it's something about when you know when you feel that when you hear something, man, that resonates with you and it shakes you up a little bit and kind of disturbs you a little bit. Like you know what? It's almost like these dudes are like talking directly to me. And nine times out of ten, we are because we've been there. And that's one of the things that's beautiful about this show. So that's the reason why our guest today, man, that's why we have him on to help him have him share his story 
of pretty much some of the things that he picked up from listening to the show and how it's helped him, how it's impacted his business and his lifestyle as well. That's one of the cool things about this show, man. Yeah, we have a great guy on, Jay Snyberg. Known him for a couple years, and he's been very supportive of the show in my book, my Live Life Aggressively book. And he has a really interesting story, and I've, I've seen this story unravel over many years. So I've seen the progression, and it's been pretty cool. It's, it's, it's been inspiring for me as well because I like seeing people that have the deck stacked against them, and then they rise to the occasion, persevere, and go on to create the life they want because I did that for myself. Sincere, you've done it. So it's, it's cool when we see other people do it as well. And without further ado, let's start talking to Jace. How you doing today, man? I'm doing real good. Really excited to be on here with you guys. Been a big fan for a long time. Yeah, this is this is when we this is when we start off with a really lame question. So, man, uh, tell us about yourself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I was like, I've been on people's show. Don't don't you hate when you're on someone's show, sincere, where they're like, they don't, they haven't done any research on who you are at all. It's just a generic, it's just a generic show where they just ask you these random questions that they ask any guest. Exactly. And then their first one's always, "Hey, man, tell us about yourself." Well, no, better yet, tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself. Like, dude, I've been on this planet for 42 years. There is no little bit about myself. Okay. It's like, well, let's see. I have a black and white goatee, and uh, my back's been getting pretty hairy lately. And you know, I mean, you know what do you want me? To do? <laughs> oh man. No, but Jace, man, let's 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 hear about let's hear your story man because you have a pretty inspirational one well that was going to be kind of my first response was how far back do you want to go because it's kind of been up and down over the course of probably the last let's 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 keep it with what motivated you to get into the fitness business and how that path started okay well that's kind of like a two-part story i had kind of a a run at it a few years back i was teaching martial arts at a school in uh, a bigger city north of me in edmonton and uh at that time it was about 08 things kind of fell apart. Uh, the economy was struggling and, you right. know, little, little Billy's karate lessons is the first thing to go when, when dad loses exactly. his job. Right. Mm, yep. So I went from that and I moved back to my hometown, Red Deer and started, I started working construction. I was teaching some kettlebell classes, uh, just kind of on the weekends and things like that, doing some self-defense courses at, at some local gyms and things like that. But it, neither one was enough to really pay the bills. You know, I was, I was struggling a bit. And that's kind of about the time you and I first met through Facebook, I believe, Mike. I remember seeing a post you had put up about how um, people people will say, "Oh, I'm a big fan of your work," but have never never bought a you know a <laughs> yeah. product, not a supplement, not a book, not a not anything. And I said, "Hey, man, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm just broke as can be, and I you know yeah. I." Can't your stuff i don't know if you remember that far back no i remember that because it was it was, it was good because we had a real honest exchange back then yeah. and it was it was it was during a time also when it was it was a point of frustration because it was it was one dumb conversation i had with several people after another right so i had that kind of in my mind so then so then so then i remember you you and i had a real brutally honest conversation where we're just going back and forth like screw you man no screw you yeah. and then yeah, I and, then I, and, then, and then i finally realized you know what man this guy's a cool guy and i i'm not handling this well so let's 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 find a common ground and get back on the same page here but that was cool that it was cool yeah. to have that level of honesty and and that's what really resonated with me and and you know and you basically told me you know you know if you're having having a hard time, the only person that's going to change is you. So right. that's and I took that to heart, and I and I, I looked at my situation. I said, "Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not making the money I need. I need to do something about this. I'm not providing for my family the way I should be, et cetera, et cetera." 
So I looked around and I'm in central Alberta. Sincere, you probably are, you know, know about the oil patch being in Texas. That's <laughs> oh, kind of weird. When I hear it, it's I'll... a last ditch attempt for a lot of people. <laughs> well, I know. Well, the, 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 well, look, the pipeline is going from there to Texas. So I know well. Oh. It's, it's a big political uproar about that here. Yeah, so right? that whole pipeline. But when I think about Alberta, I think about, hey, man, I'm a wrestling fan. I think about Chris Jericho. Okay. <laughs> when I hear that, I think about the Hart family and all that. When I hear, yeah. I can't, you know, Alberta, Canada, man. So I'm a little familiar here. with it. <laughs> yeah, around here, the oil patch is where a lot of people go to make, let's face it, easy money. It's right. It's laborious work, long hours, but they pay you well. So I decided, well, that's that's going to be my way to go, go eh? I'm going to go into the oil patch and I'm going to make some money. And I did that for about three and a half, four years doing the fracking. You probably have heard a lot about this yeah. frack, all the crazy chemicals and stuff like that and it just wasn't something that resonated with me it wasn't something that I was excited about and I found myself kind of spiraling downhill you know I was always living out of hotel rooms and out of a suitcase on the road and you know with that you you start eating like crap let's just face it when you're eating out of a convenience store, there's not a, a lot of good. There's <laughs> nothing like those 7-Eleven hot dogs, man. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> and, fr- and freshly made pizza. <laughs> oh, here's the thing: fried chicken at the Exxon. I don't know. I don't know about what goes on in Canada, but that happens in Texas a lot. Like, why would I go to the Exxon for fried chicken? I mean, what what kind of oils are you really putting the chicken? In? I don't think anyone plans to go there. You end up there. It's kind of like exactly. Denny's, right? No, exactly. no one has a plan to go to Denny's, but you're driving across the country, and that's the best of the. and that's what it was the best of the worst even when you did try to make an effort to eat anything decent it's all processed crap and you know whatever else but yeah I did that for about three and a half years and before I knew it because it happened slowly over time I went from being you know somebody that was a fitness professional and, and a martial artist and whatnot and being in fairly good shape to being about 60 pounds overweight carrying a big belly in front of me and I kind of had to have a wake up call, you know. Yeah, that's, me, that's what. Yeah. What's that? No, I've been there. This is almost exact same story that happened with me, man. Just same thing. I've told that story a million times. That same thing happened to me leaving the music in the entertainment world, and then just woke up on my thirty first birthday, like, what the hell happened to you? Who is this pregnant marsupial in the mirror staring, <laughs> staring back at me? <laughs> Looking like he's gonna drop at any moment. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I gotta fix this, man. I've been pretty much training, you know, pretty much most of my life. Well, what the hell happened? So I you gotta, get you it. gotta post some pictures from that time. Oh, I have some pictures. Oh, you know what? I am. <laughs> I'm a, I, I will post those pictures. I have no problems. I look, so, I look dead, dude. It looks like it looks like I was a character from The Walking Dead, not the other one with the dreadlocks that are actually fighting the zombies. <laughs> I was one of the zombies. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's a it's a it's hard on a person, you know. Yeah, sure. You 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 don't realize it because it creeps up on you, but how it robs right. you of energy and vitality yeah. and right. just you know, life. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's it's when you get stuck in I I think sometimes I think a lot of times motivational type people, they really belittle how difficult it is to get out of a rut. You know, it's oh, such mm-hmm. a difficult place to get out of. It's not something as – I mean, in some ways it is as simple as, yeah, one day you decide to make a change. But that that's a that's a real battle of attrition where it, it takes there, – there's so many places where you're just going to fall off the wayside if you're not careful. So if you don't have a real strong, meaningful reason to push out of that, it's going to be very difficult. How did you get out of that whole situation? Well, the thing – it was kind of, it was kind of a, a funny situation here just this last Christmas time. I was standing around looking, I was with my family and my two brother-in-laws, both, you know, just average fit guys go to the gym on a regular basis and and that kind of thing. And I looked at myself 
and I kind of it was kind of a, a wake up call. I looked and I you know I used I I had fought a few semi pro MMA fights back a few years ago, and I looked around and I said you know if someone is to walk into this room right now and guess who the the former professional athlete was I'd be the I'd be the last pick. I've got this big belly in front of me, this little bit of a double chin, and it just didn't look right on my frame because I was always a very athletic guy ever right. since I was young, right? And it was just it was kind of like a shell of myself. So I decided like so many others to January 1st, I was going to kick it into gear and, you know, but I, I managed to stick with it because I knew I'd been there before and I knew it was, you know, something I was capable if I really, you know, committed to it. And that's what it is, you know? Right. Yeah. And see, there's a difference right there with January 1st. It's like, well, like I said, you had that familiarity. There are so many people that they've, they're going into uncharted waters. You know, they've been pretty much, they've never been active throughout their life. Exactly. But then on January 1st, they decide they're going to become this super athlete that's going to become, they're going to compete in the CrossFit Games in the next eight months, but they've never done anything. So they're yeah. going to go and join CrossFit or whoever else and go into a gym and do this hardcore program that they downloaded somewhere that is not catered to them. And right. next thing yeah. you know, they realize this sucks, this hurts, I don't like it. And you know what? I didn't feel this much pain when I wasn't training, so I'm going to go back to what I'm familiar with, which is not training. And then next exactly. thing you know... They're gaining more weight. They're they're right. feeling even worse about themselves, and it's just never ending cycle. Because again, you know, they, there's no familiarity right there, and there's no right. one to help them ease into it because everybody wants it now. Well, the problem also <laughs> is that people are seduced by twelve week transformations. Yeah, everything is a twelve week <laughs> transformation, and when you see these before and after testimonials, generally, well, <laughs> most of them are fabricated. Let's start there or Photoshop. But let's say the ones that are not are often people that used to be in shape that are getting exactly. back in shape. You know, if it's one thing where, let's say I used to be able to bench press 365, and then I didn't do it for a long time, and now my bench press is at 275 or right. 265, and then I get back up to 365, let's say in two months, and then I then I write an article about how I added 100 <laughs> pounds to my bench press, right? But I leave out the whole part about how I used to be able to do it before. Right. That's what, that, it's, it's similar to that. You know, once you've done it, it's, you can get back to that place because, as Jay said, you know how to do it. You've been there before. Exactly. Just like losing money. You lose money. You know how to make it so you can get it back. Yeah. But if you've never made it before, that's that, that the first time you do anything, that's the hardest time. Exactly. I mean, it kind of reminds me of James Altucher. You know, we had his wife on our show before. But here's a guy that lost right. millions, but he can get it. He got it right back because exactly. he's been there before. But someone else, if you're someone like these people that win the lottery and they've been broke all their life. And, you know, that one time they got the right lottery numbers in there. And next thing you know, they're multimillionaires. Guess what they're, go- they're familiar with? Being broke. So guess what? They're <laughs> right. going to be broke ASAP. To my, to my 12 weeks to lose a million dollars to my follow my new ebook because they know how to do that. They know how to be broke quickly because they've, they've been there for so long. So right. there's a difference right there. So there's no get rich quick if you've never been rich before. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, there's no get rich quick, and there's no get in shape in 21 day detox. <laughs> rap, this, All those raps. Oh my god. Oh my. Those oh. raps are so stupid. I said like, you're walking around looking like. I don't know, some vegetables somebody's going to put in the freezer for later on. <laughs> like, you got your saran wrap girdle on. And, uh, I'm like, no, but people are so fetish? unrealistic, though, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 20, fetish, man. 21 days, what do you think is going to happen in three weeks? Three weeks well, is nothing. Exactly. You know, are you going to build a business in three weeks? Are you going to get in shape in three weeks? Of course not. It's like when people come to me and they go, they, they just started their fitness business and their goal is to make six figures that first year. I go, it's not going to happen, man. You should you should be lucky if you're still in business after this exactly. first year. Your first goal is to get experience and get going here. 
you're not going to make six figures your first year unless some fluke occurs, and then you're not going to be able to repeat it. Or something unethical happens, but guess yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not going to be able to repeat it. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. I'm still in my first year with my fitness business, and you know, every month that I can pay the bills, I'm happy, and that's Success. you know, it, it's the same thing I tell my clients too. It's the small victories, you know. If yes. as long as you can focus on those, that can keep you motivated. But motivation yeah. is what gets you started. It's the dedication that keeps you going. Yeah, very you well know, said. And yeah, that's what I find both in business and fitness, and just life in general. You know, yes. and that's something I've definitely picked up from the both of you guys listening to the podcast, and especially your book, Mike. I've read it. Thank you. Twice now, cover to cover, and both times just really lit a fire under my ass to to get things done. Like the call to action, that's what really, you know, really motivates me to to, to actually buckle down and get it done. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Now, like what you said, the motivation gets you going. Dedication keeps you on the path because that's very true. If if you give up easily, it's because it wasn't something you were dedicated to. That's yeah, the other right. fact people have to accept is often they try to pursue a goal and they just fizzle out. You didn't really care about achieving it. That's the problem. Right. It's a good idea yeah. that someone else gave you, but it's not one right. you care about. Exactly. If you really, truly want to achieve a goal, you'll achieve that goal. Right. You know, it might it might take longer. It might be more work than you expected, but you'll achieve it. Yeah. Right. Nothing or no one can stop you. You think, oh, man, you're, you're crazy. You're stupid. You know what? Whatever. You know, you're just like, OK, you're a hater and you just keep on working. You know, yeah. that's the thing about it. So my thing is, if you're not in a situation where somebody's like, dude, you're you're obsessed with this. If they're not saying they would saying it to you or saying, <laughs> yeah, that you're, right. or saying that you're crazy, then you're doing it wrong. Somebody needs to say, like, dude, I don't <laughs> know, man. I don't know if that's going to work. If they're not saying it to you, you're not doing the right thing. Well, you know, you got, you got to look at it. Anybody that's, you know, ever experienced like a near drowning or something like that, when you're in that situation, your only goal is to get your head above water. And that's the same way you have to be when you have a goal that you're taking seriously. You have to, you know, make that your, your number one priority, whatever it might be. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Metaphorically, that works the same way. So if you're not drowning in it, man, if you're not just submerged in whatever you're doing that you really care about, then yeah, man. Or if you're just not submerged in all the the BS feelings that you no longer want to feel. So if you're yeah. just fat and out of shape, it's to the point where you know you're just drowning in the pain of being in that. You got to get up and get some yeah. air. Then that's what it's gonna take. So that's why so many people are like, well, you know, I, I kind of I want to lose some weight. I'm like, nah, man, you don't sound desperate enough. <laughs> to my, right now, it sounds like you're. It's almost like you're looking at some pictures. Somebody's posting selfies on Facebook. Like, yeah, I'd hit that. But then you see him in real life, you realize like, nah, yeah. we hit that. So like, no, you, when you be like, oh my god, that chick's hot. What's, you start stalking a little bit, like, hey, and then you send him a message and like, hey, I think you're really cute, blah 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 blah. Then okay, now now you spark my interest. Okay, you know, you got my attention. Now you got my interest. So that's the thing. If you're not, you're 100 percent right. <laughs> you know, that's that's the difference between wanting something and kind of wanting something. Right? <laughs> exactly. Like, kind of feel like maybe you know, and actually you know, focus wanting it. You know. That was one of the things too, like you said, I, I, I found when I was out of shape and not focusing on my fitness and well-being, like it affected every other aspect of my life. No you doubt. know what I mean? My energy levels, my, my outlook, you know, I even, you know, I think a lot of people could cure a lot of their depression problems just by getting up and getting moving, you know, yes. and take better care of how, what they eat, these kinds of things, you know, yeah. and I'm, I've seen it affect my life firsthand, just that. You know, I think the most overlooked component of fitness is the mental health benefits you get. I mean, there are times even now where I just have 
not anxiety because of any real problem, just anxiety from just thinking about stuff too much. And then I'll go run 10 sprints as hard as possible. And you feel great afterwards. You just right. got all that nervous energy out. So, I mean, that's what I've always tried to convey to people is that, hey, being strong for the sake of being strong is great, but parlay that into something else. Figure out something else you want to do that you you want to achieve. Now that you've shown that you can achieve this, start breaking down other barriers that you want to cross. Hey, man, like the saying goes, movement is medicine. OK, that's the thing about it. And that's right. the problem with the medicine industry now. They can't really sell you movement. <laughs> that's the thing about it. So they have to come up with all these other things. Oh, yeah, that's good. You know, diet and exercise is good, but you should probably take some Lipitor. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, you know, I'm talking about diet and exercise is not enough. Since when? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Way out mentality, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when you know, diet and exercise is not enough, pick. Lipitor. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, wait well, a minute. Why, why, why isn't diet and exercise not enough? Hey, diet, diet, cholesterol can, can be completely controlled by diet. So why isn't that not enough? Hey, man, when breathing is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take an oxygen take. You know, that's going to be a, That'll like, be Don't waste, don't waste so much battle. energy breathing. Come on, breathing. Come on, that's so old school. Come on, we've advanced now. we got to go beyond breathing. <laughs> <laughs> breathing 2.0. Exactly. That's a new ebook so, right there. Yeah. So, Jace, how did you get? How did you lose the sixty pounds? Get your strength and vitality back? How did How did that process begin? So, yeah, my my main priority initially was to just kind of get my life on track. Like I said, my mental and emotional health, like we were just talking about, that was my first priority. Uh, working in the oil patch and the fracking industry, being away from my my fiance and my family, my kids, things like that, it was really hard on me. So that was one of the first priorities was getting that straightened out. Yeah. And uh, one thing that that I you know I, I was inspired by by a couple of different people, including both of you, but also uh, I got listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. That's how I got sure. into the podcasting. And when I had heard his speech about becoming your the the hero of your own story. I think he says mm-hmm. about no matter where you're at in your life right now, that doesn't have to be who you are. How you can be better and things like that. So I started, you know, adopting the things that I used to do when I was happy, when things were going good in my life, fitness, well being, mental health, emotional health. So I started doing that. I picked up some kettlebells and I got going. I started fixing my diet with just common sense stuff, eating real sure. foods instead of like the processed crap. Yeah. And things just started falling into place. And as I started to gain momentum, I used that momentum to keep pushing me forward. And and progressively, I wasn't concerned about losing 50, 60, however many pounds over 21 days or whatever the you know most recent detox boot camp whatever is out there (laughs) i i was concerned about just making sure i was on track you know i was living healthy and i was doing better each day as long as i was doing better each day things things were going my way you know right and And that's 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 a very healthy way to look at and that's something that people should take tune to is that any all those little victories are important that's what's going to get to you where you want to go so don't diminish those things and I think also what happens is that often when people get back into a training regimen, they think about where they were when they left off. Right. And you're nowhere close to that anymore. So you have to accept that fact. I remember when I first started picking up kettlebells after I had that pneumonia incident, I took the heavy kettlebells that I used to use and just put them in the closet. I didn't even want to see them because I realized I couldn't lift them right there. Mm-hmm. And then I just used the 16 kilo and 24 kilo. I'm like, that's all I'm going to use for, let's say, the next two months. Just get back into the swing of things. Right. And then 
after a month or two of that, it, everything started coming back pretty rapidly. Confidence builds, but even that felt difficult for the first couple of weeks. So it was, mm-hmm. it was a real. It was, initially it was a real blow to your confidence, but then it was just like you said, Jace. It's like I'm just going to go through the motions. Just get back into this thing. You've been yeah. there before. You can get back there. So you you know you yeah. can get back there because you've been there before. Yeah, I think another thing that helps a lot of people out is just when you're getting ready to start this, when you realize something, you got to make these changes. Once you start that, stop. It's just like it's almost alluding to what Mike just said by putting those kettlebells away and and not comparing now to how things were before he got sick or whatever. It's also the same thing for other folks. It's like ignore ignore everyone else. You know, quit worrying about everybody else's journey and 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 don't pay attention to all that stuff because it starts to seep into what you're trying to do. And next thing you know, you're pretty much becoming a carbon copy. You're trying to do what they're doing or you're trying to be where they are. You're trying to have these same victories that they're having it's not the same man it's like you got your own thing going on so my thing is if you get ready to start a new training program turn all those other ones off stop looking don't care about your favorite fitness person anymore as far as what they're doing because then you'll end up trying to do what they're doing so you know don't sit there and if you're just starting your journey out it's good like if you go let's say i know mike posts a lot of his training on his on his fan page a lot but here's the thing. Yeah, if you just need a little guide here and there, you know, just a little inspiration, that's no problem. But when you sit there and try to copy what he's posting and you're just getting started, good luck. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to suck. You're going to realize, like, man, I keep getting hurt every time I train my kettlebells. Mike, I, you know, every time you post that stuff, I try to do it and I get hurt. <laughs> well, because right. that was my training program of the day, right. dude. <laughs> you right. know, my, whose fan page did you see that on? My, okay, that's the thing. <laughs> so my thing is, like, you got to kind of zone. Every, it's no different than business. You got to start zoning everything else out and just put your head down, man, and get busy and get focused right. on yourself. And you got to do that yeah. Relationship, business, all that. Got to another crap out, man. It's a bunch of noise. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Now, that's a good point because often I usually tell people once once you've decided on a training regimen, this is what you're going to do for the, let's say, the next eight or 10 weeks. That's it. No more research. Yeah. Don't go online and look at other programs. Don't try to combine four different programs. You know, <laughs> Just pick one program and stick that out. Research <laughs> is over. Now you're committed to that. Exactly. So I've been guilty of that myself where I try one thing and it's going well. And then you start tinkering around going, man, I bet I can make this better. And then the whole thing just falls apart. You know? that's, that's the curse of being a coach in the industry. It's like, hmm, since I know this exercise, why don't I put this one in there instead of the, what they had on there? Maybe that'll be a lot better. And then it's, like, it's not exactly the same. So, right, right. So, Jason, like, how did all this translate? Like, once you start really getting your health together and everything, like business wise, like how did this translate into you like rebooting your business? Well, that was, that's kind of an interesting story as well. I started getting things back in shape, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, all those things and things with my family, my fiance, my kids, everything fell into shape there again. We were happy. Everything was going well. And, uh, my fiance, she's in school. She's finishing up her last year of, uh, her social work program. Mm-hmm. And we started contriving a plan because we realized that this industry I was in the soil patch fracking business was not you know, conducive to a healthy family life for us. Mm-hmm. So we started putting together a plan to, uh, to do just this, to open up, uh, you know, some type of a fitness center or something. We just kind of were throwing ideas around, but we gave ourselves a two year window to do it. And that was just this last February, we started putting this together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, we, like I said, we've gave ourselves a two year window to, to work with this and get everything together because that would give her time to finish her schooling, find a job. And then she could, you know, kind of, if, if things weren't that stable with my business, then, well, we had her to fall back on. But unfortunately, or fortunately, because it was, you know, the real kick in the ass I needed was uh, come April, every spring up here in Canada, when the snow starts to melt, the roads get soft and, and things like that, and they can't move the heavy equipment around as much. We call it spring breakup. 
Well, this year, <laughs> this year, they, they, my, the company I was working for did some massive layoffs and they laid off a bunch of people. And I happened to be one of the first ones in the, in the wave of layoffs. And so luckily we had some money set aside and we had some plans set up and just kicked it into gear instead of a, a two year plan. It was basically a two month plan and away we went. So, and I just, you know, like I said, I was reading your book there, Mike, and, and about how all the planning and research in the world yeah. It's just, you're just spinning your wheels. If you're not acting on it, you're right. just spinning your wheels, right? That's no, true. And then also, you, so, you just things aren't always going to lay out the way you want them to. Is that old saying, you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like yeah exactly. Yeah. No, you can, you can plan and plan and plan, but you know, you don't want to stick in that planning phase. You'll get stuck there. And, and no matter how much you plan, that doesn't mean that's how it's going to pan out, right? That's why I always hate those questions. What are you, what's your five-year plan? Every, every job interview I had to go to you know, out of college, they always ask the, they always have some HR rep who's usually younger than you are asking you about where you're going to be in 10 years. I go, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to be here <laughs> answering these dumbass questions. That, oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to be, I mean, what do they, what, what do they expect you to say in those questions? Where do you see yourself in five years? Not working for this jack off company. My, That's for damn my, sure. my last name on an application. Does it say Nostradamus? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You know, and, and I wasn't the only unhappy person working in that industry either. There's a lot of guys. Oh, and there's a lot of guys. Oh, this is my last winter doing this. This is the last thing. Well, what are you going to do? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to find something. You know, they never had not not having that goal ahead of time, you know, well, as no, well, to where to, they're going to go. Not to diminish that job, but is there anyone happy doing it? Yeah, there might be. <laughs> I, don't know. I did I did it for f- almost four years and worked yeah. for a few different companies with lots and lots of different guys and yeah there's maybe sometimes that they're like you know they're usually pretty happy on payday that was about, <laughs> you know like but but for the most part it's hard on a family you know it's yeah, hard exactly. on anybody that has anybody back at home to you know, that they want to be because you're on the road I mean, all the time I mean so. the reason why I ask is that most people don't associate whatever their job is with something that they enjoy or happy about. I mean, most people think like, oh, back to the grind, oh, nine to five. You know, it's, it's rare. I mean, growing up, most of the advice I got too was just get a job and you're, you're just going to have to get a job and write it out. And I, and I got, that just sounds horrible to me. And fortunately, I had my grandfather as an example of starting your own business and he loved what he did. I mean, he's the only time his mood ever dropped is when he retired. So I, yeah. I never I never saw too many people who worked for other people that loved what they did. I'm not saying that there aren't any. I just didn't see any growing up. So I just assumed that, okay, part of being an adult is you're, you're just going to do a job you hate, and then you try to make up for it on the weekends, and that that was just a bill of goods that I did, did not want to buy into. Yeah, oh, and I saw it lots because we worked, we worked 15 days on and six days off, so you'd be gone for two weeks or so, and then those six days, that's when everybody lived for those six days, you know, that's all we talked about the last few days we were out in the field and stuff was what we were, our plans were for the days off, and yeah. you know what, and nobody really looked forward to going back to work, right. I don't know, you know, other, other than for the paycheck, like I said, payday was the happy day, that was about it. Yeah, now, yeah. Every now and then you'll have that that minority of people who like they truly enjoy their jobs because they would rather avoid they would rather enjoy their jobs. They like what they're doing. They like, hey, man, I like the position you gave me. And, you know, I'm good with this because I don't want to be responsible for other people. I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I don't want to be in charge of employees. I don't want to have to sit there and keep 
I don't have to have to deal with coming up with new ideas or new strategies to be successful. When look, dude, I'm good with this check right here. You know what? Pay me. Don't bother me while I'm at work. Just don't get on my damn nerves. Let me do what I need to do, and 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 let them go with that. There are some people who are good with that. And you can see that sometimes. Oh, yeah. Every now and then, yeah. you can walk into a store, and this is dude just whistling away like, damn, it's the happiest yeah. custodian I've ever seen in my life. And trust me, I hate cleaning up right. the bathroom, man, at my house. <laughs> and this dude's just whistling, and he's actually this is like genuine. He's sincerely happy you know he's like hey brother how you doing i'm like damn man you know you know somebody's taking a dump in that stall five stalls away and you're just in there smiling okay so i'm not gonna crap on somebody you know you know no pun intended on someone that's you know <laughs> happy about having that job or whatever because some people are good with that and they like yeah. this is all i need and that's this- and something can be said about truly knowing what it is sure. that you just truly need and what you want. Some people, the, the simpler life is for them, the better it's going to be. They don't need the complications. And the things that we think that are that, you know, very simple to us is complicated for the rest. You know, it's three right. of us, the three of us being entrepreneurs, the things that we go through and all that. Some people see this like, dude, that's so complicated. No, nah, I'm good, man. Whereas for us, it excites us. It, you know, it gives us a challenge. Whereas if you just told us every day what we need to do and here it is, we just rather just I don't know, man, take like pencils and stick them in our eardrums, you know, try to get it to the other side instead of going through that. So it's very relative. So, yeah, I think those people are out there that truly just love. like, Hey, man, I love going to my little nine to five and just doing this and getting back home, kick it and chill. You know, it's a nice, simple routine for them. Some people love routines like that. Trust me, we all have a love for a, a different type of routine. So, again, it's relative, I guess. So I've learned so some people. Some people, it's a point of comparison, though, right? In other mm-hmm. words, they've they've accepted. And I'm I'm not disagreeing with anything you said. I I've, I've met people that certainly fall into that. But I think sometimes people have just accepted a certain life, and if they had if they experience something else, such as maybe what we do or something else that that is more exciting, they're not going to want to go back. Yeah. So I know I know people that have had jobs. They're like, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. And then they actually go on to do something else. They're like, man, can't believe I ever settled exactly. for that. My thing is always, I don't care who you are, always know that there's, there's something else out there. This is not the end. You know, it's not that. But now here's the thing. <laughs> now, when it comes to relationship, like, look, dude, if you got someone good already, don't sit there like, well, I know there's more out there. Yeah, there's a lot of things <laughs> out there, good and bad. <laughs> so some, some, at some point you got to like stop like, OK. Okay, instead of me trying to go and find something else, how do I improve where I am right now? And that can be also said with, you know, if you're at a job right now and how can you make it better? Instead of just like, well, I hate this nine to five, but I don't necessarily I don't know exactly what I will do as far as being an entrepreneur and starting a business. So what can you do where you are right now to help improve that situation is what you should be thinking about. Well, one of the problems is that people crave novelty and we all do to some degree. Mm-hmm. And as a, the, 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 the craving for novelty can be one of the biggest impediments to achieving anything meaningful because you're always distracted. Yeah. You know, I've got friends who. Every time you meet them, they have a new goal. So <laughs> yeah. one, when you meet them one day, they're like, yeah, I want to be a psychologist. And the next time you meet them, like, no, nah, I think I'm going to be a firefighter now. <laughs> you know, like, wait a minute, the, the dude. Next time, I'm going to be a cop. <laughs> it's like, well, Jesus, man, pick one thing and pursue that for a while at least. And then you can go do something else. But you can't do all of those things at once. And you're never going to get anywhere with any one thing if you're always trying to do something else. Yeah, those are the water toe people. They're always sticking their toes in the water, but they never go all the way. It's like, ah, okay. I, I put my foot, I put my toe in it. I said it. All right. That's good. The so, other thing yes. that's a big mistake are people that always have backup plans or time frames that they're giving themselves to achieve something. So for example, <laughs> when I got into the kettlebell business, there were, there were peers of mine who said, I'm going to give this a shot for two years. And if it doesn't work out, I'm going to go do this. Just go do that now. 
Yeah. Because you're not committed, man. You're, I mean, why are you thinking about what you're going to do if it doesn't work out? Oh, you're already looking for the, <laughs> you you're already looking for the exit strategy. You know, yeah. just like, you know, as soon as you get into it, like, yeah, all right, where's the exit door? Just in case this son of a gun wants to start burning down. So, and guess what? What you thinking about that exit strategy, nine times out of ten, it's not going to work out because you're focused on it failing. And so, right. basically, you're going to attract all the things that make it fail. Because that's all you're looking for. You can't, even, you can't even find the things that actually are going to make it work because you're worrying about, okay, I know this is probably going to happen, so let me just prepare myself. Well, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to be Henry Ford 111. You know, whether, you're, you know, whether you can or you can't, you're right. So whether it goes bad or goes great, you're right. It's really up to you. So even if it's something that didn't work out the way you thought it would, but you learned something from it, then it wasn't necessarily a failure. You know, but if it just went the wrong way and then you're just like, oh, I give up on this, man. You know, never gave it the chance, you know. Well, yeah, that's a failure. And then you do it again. Now, that's a real failure when you repeat the same process over and over and keep expecting something to be different. So, yeah, man, it's, it's all so many things are just perspective. Like, so you got to give it a chance. Well, I mean, hell, look at us. If we were kids, when we were kids trying to learn how to walk, it's like if we busted our ass that first time when we finished crawling. And then after that, we we're like, you know what? F this walking stuff, man. I'm good. I'm just going to keep on crawling. <laughs> now you got 35-year-old yeah. people Rohn, still Jim crawling. Jim Rohn has this thing about that. He goes, how long do you give a child to learn how to walk exactly. you know, before you give up? Exactly. It's like, it doesn't matter how long it takes. <laughs> it's like, as soon as your toddler starts crawling, you're like, okay, little Johnny. What do you see yourself walk? Do you see yourself walking in the next 10 months? Your child's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> that goes back to like we were talking about earlier about just being focused and dedicated and just mm-hmm. dedicated to the process as a whole, you know? One of my favorite sayings, I, I believe it was from Will Smith. I'm not a huge fan of his acting, but some of his uh, motivational stuff I've seen has been really good. And one of my favorite sayings, he says, uh, there's no need for a plan B because it only distracts from plan A. And, you know, I see, I've seen that where people kind of commit to something, but they have another idea here. Or whether it's a business or, like you said, with the fitness plans, they, they'll go on one program and tinker with this and tinker with that rather than just being focused on what their initial goal was and sticking to it, right? Right. Yeah, that that just in case plan. Okay, just in yeah. case. Yeah. No, that's that's a hit song by Jaheem. That shouldn't be your exit <laughs> shouldn't be your exit strategy for your, your business model, man. Yeah. You know, you, you can't you can't uh, you can't get down the road with one foot on the gas and one on the brake, you know. Yeah. You gotta you gotta commit. The whole so. the whole backup plan is a big mistake though. That that's a trap that a lot of people fall into. I mean, I know a lady who wanted to get into the fitness business, and she's going, "Well, I'm going to get a degree. I'm, I'm going to become a nurse first, so that I always have a backup plan for something I can do if this doesn't work out." I go, "That's not an easy path. You don't just become a nurse over a weekend. You know? <laughs> it's not a certification. No, you take it. Yeah, days. exactly. <laughs> Becoming a nurse is people. I have friends who are nurses, and that takes some dedication, man. It's not easy to do. So it's, it's like saying I'm going to become a lawyer as a backup plan." Like that's not easy to do. (laughs) You're you're better off putting all of that effort into your plan A. You're more likely to make that work than than have a plan B, which is arguably more difficult than the A you're trying to pursue. You know. Look here, dude. I don't know who that lady is, and if she is a nurse, please tell me which hospital it is, so I know I won't ever check myself into that. Because I don't need Plan B trying to look after my wounds, man. I'm like, you don't want a hobby nurse. Exactly. She's trying to patch me up, but she's thinking about, oh, I wish I was teaching kettlebells today. (laughs) You'll never make it as that because that takes dedication too. Yeah, I mean, I've had clients. That's anything you want to achieve that's meaningful is going to be difficult, and that's a good thing. It should be difficult. If it's not difficult, then it's not worth pursuing. Yeah, you're not going to give a damn about it if it was well, that there's easy. a certain inherent value with that, too, putting in your effort, right, for yeah. what you get in return. I mean, how know, satisfying are workouts that are easy? You just go to the gym and everything <laughs> was easy. You just cruise through it. 
That's not. Oh, exactly. that's not it leaves you unfulfilled because you leave you like, well, did I work out hard enough? So, <laughs> yeah. so that, and that's why you have people in the gym for like two or three hours. Well, guess what? Nine times out of ten, you weren't training hard enough at all. If you can spend two hours in the gym, you're not training hard enough. Like well, I'm thirty minutes saying. to forty five minutes, you should be like, okay, I gotta take my ass home. That's enough. Exactly. <laughs> I can't go. That, that's why that Here's, fake yeah. it till you make it mentality just drives me nuts. Because <laughs> exactly. well, if you're just gonna fake it, then you're never gonna make it. Exactly. You're not putting <laughs> in the proper effort. I mean, exactly. Get a job as a mannequin or something. Making it somehow lead to making it. You know, so basically, you're you're basically lying to yourself, and that's going to lead to some truth. You know, ask any woman if faking it is enough to make it, right? You know, I said that I said that in a lecture one time. That was one of the first things I said, and in the whole room, just like. And then they start laughing and having a good <laughs> well, time. Exactly. I go, I go. Look, faking it is not. You're not going to make it faking it. I think I, I got to find that lecture and put it online somewhere. It's hilarious. <laughs> That'd be I go. Great. I'm going to. I'm going to go in there and just shock this audience to get them to pay attention. And when, when you say something like that, you have to commit fully. You can't just say it in this <laughs> yeah. coy tone. You know. <laughs> No, but it's so true, man. I hate stupid sayings like that because it's a total distraction. And also, also it's it's ineffectual. You're giving people information that's not going to work at all. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You're, you're giving them easy access to an excuse as well as to why it's not working. You know, it's, it's like this. You want to start giving lectures on some topic. Okay, you're not going to be very good. So you're just fake being good. It's like, no, just accept <laughs> the fact that you're going to suck. Okay, exactly. it's, all right, it's all right. You're going to suck for a long time before you get good. And and With a, a lot of practice, though, you're going to get better. Just putting yourself out there each time, you're going to get better. You're going to get better. And then all of a sudden, years down the road, you're extremely comfortable doing this. You're, now you're well-spoken. You're eloquent. But you had to go through that process of sucking. No so, one who's a great public speaker was great out of the get-go. Exactly. They suck, too. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So, And here's the thing. There won't be a long-term part of your business if you're trying to fake it right off the bat. Because here's the beautiful thing about people. They see right through your bullshit. They'll see right through like, you know. I don't know. He was saying some things that just weren't making any sense. And he kind of jumbled through some stuff. And he said, you know, I know, you know, I know, you know, you're not a great speaker, dude. They said this is the greatest speaker of all time. But come on, man, I can do better than that. <laughs> like, <laughs> act act yeah. as if you're a millionaire. Act as oh. if you have this. Well, here's the you, thing. You know, here's the thing. You never have those things. So how are you supposed yeah, to? How exactly. do you even know what that feels here's like? Here's the thing about <laughs> actors. Here's the thing about actors. Most actors, to prepare for a role, they submerge themselves in that situation in real life exactly. to get an idea of what that role is going to entail. So here's the thing. If you're trying to go and do a part on Oz, you know, you're probably going to have to go to a prison and see how they're living. Because if you're just hanging out and you live in Beverly Hills and, and you've been and you were born and raised in Beverly Hills, but you're doing a Boys in the Hood part two, you're not going to understand what the hell to do in that movie and look authentic when you've been raised in Beverly Hills all your life. So it's just not going to work. Just don't, gonna... just don't take it too far. I mean, some actors have actually gotten arrested. Okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't have to do that much research. You know? Like we were saying earlier, like, okay, we're on a ride. You don't have to actually go and become a kleptomaniac <laughs> to prepare for a role. You know, you're going to get arrested in real life. That's not, those are not actor cops that are picking you up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, nobody's sitting there saying, and cut. And cut. <laughs> Oh man, that should have been her excuse. Hey, I thought those. I thought <laughs> where's the director? I thought, I thought, yeah, exactly. I thought I was on a set. <laughs> well, where are the cameras? Am I being punked? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, play the punked card. <laughs> so, I mean, so what? What advice do you have for people just that are are at where you're at? They're they're in that beginning stage and they're just grinding. You know what? The biggest thing is just embrace it. Embrace the grind. You know, I've had people ask me, "What if this does, doesn't work out for you?" Well, you know what? I haven't thought of that because so far it is and I'm working at it and I'm grinding and I know that's the beauty about working for myself is that my efforts are paid off right I've you know it's not just 
like some punch the clock show up and then leave at the end of the day kind of thing. My efforts and the harder I work, the harder, you know, it pays off for me. So, and, and, and that's motivation. And it's the same thing with fitness too. You know, yeah. you can just like you said, you can phone it in and kind of slough around the water cooler at the gym or you can go and crush it. And, and you know, there's, there's going to be a different result. You know? Exactly. Absolutely. I think that that's a good point for people to keep in mind too. And I also, I also have to just emphasize again, the point of why are so people so concerned about what they're going to do if it doesn't work out? <laughs> you know, why, well, it, it does. Well, why yeah. focus on? <laughs> well, I mean, it's such a waste of energy. So I'm, I'm sitting yeah. around putting all this energy into launching a new product. And then I'm going to allocate 25% of my energy thinking about, okay, what am I going to do if this doesn't work out? I'll worry yeah. about that when that happens. If and when that happens, I'll deal with it at that time. Yeah. But but right now, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure it does work out. Exactly. My thing is surprise, right. you, surprise you, me. Okay. How about that? Who's gonna who's gonna embark on something with with the end goal being it failing? Nobody nobody does that. They all want, everybody wants to succeed. Of course, some small failures along the way, or even some big failures. You could take that and make that a learning experience, or you know, you can just keep trudging forward and 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 keep moving. You know, you know, except that, you know, except that, that, I don't know, that element of knowing how well you can adapt to change that you weren't expecting. So just see one thing about it. When those things pop up, those little surprises that seem like failures or whatever, it's all about how you respond to it. That makes you feel alive. Like, you know what? I I could have just crashed and burned and just gave up. But man, I persevered through that. Here I am on the other side. And there's something very exciting to that because you know what that's called? It's called living. That's what you're doing because that's what you do when you live. You evolve. You have to. And it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be some disturbance going on. It's going to be some stuff that just shakes you up like, okay, this doesn't feel cool at all. But you know what? It's going to feel great once you get through it, man. I mean, hell, let's, the whole creation process, man, even sex itself, it's a lot of friction going on, man. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? But when you when you come out on the other side, per se, so to speak, <laughs> things are great. No, and then no detail. No details, please. <laughs> this is a PG-13 show. That's okay? what I come said. On. To my, <laughs> <laughs> it's not to my pun, not intended, but intended. I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> and on this episode, Sincere talks about friction. <laughs> <laughs> and why is necessary? <laughs> you know, it's it's. I've always thought it's it's hard to value something that just comes easy. You know, yeah, Any, exactly. anything that you work for and have put in a concerted effort for, you value that, and yeah. you know, whatever it might be, whether it's, you know, I remember when I was when I was young, when I was a teenager, I wanted to get into mountain biking. My parents didn't have the money to buy me a big fancy mountain bike, so I got a job and I worked and I saved and I eventually bought myself a nice mountain bike and I enjoyed it and I valued it. You know, yeah. and I still have that bike. It's hanging in my garage, but I still have it because I value it because it took a yeah. lot of work to obtain right. it, you know, and that's yeah, the, the thing work, with the anything. The worst thing you can do is just give people a lot of stuff. Oh, you're absolutely yeah. right. You're doing them a disservice, you know? man. You, you're robbing them of the experience, man. And like I said, you're robbing that of, of being able to like right now, you say you have your bike still on the wall, you know, on the wall, hang, hanging in your garage. That's a reminder of what you can do. Exactly. Every time you feel like, you know, business is going like crap, you know, you know, I'm not having many clients, you know, maybe I should give up on this. And you look at that bike, dude, you're like, you know what? You know, I bit the bullet. I, I busted my ass to get that bike. And there's a reminder. So yeah. I'm going to keep busting my ass. I can build this business as well, man. Like nothing yeah. can stop me. There's the familiarity again. So right. you can do it. You know it can happen. Well, 
And and look at look at some of these people with this trust fund baby mentality. Do they right. value anything they have? Not no. at all. That's why they're that's why they're on away, e. Yeah, you know? that's why they're yeah. on, exactly. they're, on, they're, on <laughs> they're doing drugs and alcohol instead of starting some foundation and actually doing some good in the world, which is what they should be doing. That's what Warren Buffett's kids do, for example. Exactly. They're too they're too busy acting stupid. Now it reminds me of an interview I saw recently on Larry King with Steve Aoki, right, the DJ, mm-hmm. and his his father. I didn't realize this is the founder of the whole Benihana chain. So very successful father, very very successful upbringing and his his father didn't give him any money to start his path he never asked and his father never offered and steve aoki went on to of course create his own identity completely separate from his father's success and right. is very successful in his own path and he said that that was a real gift from his father that he didn't just hand him a bunch of change and say hey go for it right you know i've mentioned it so many times on this show even just with my kids when it came to college or whatever even my son's first car i'm like i didn't buy him a car here's the thing you know at the time his stepdad had a car and it was sitting out there and it wasn't running it was like dude if you want a car and you know first of all you need to get a job you need to be able to get your own insurance and either you get out there and repair it yourself or you build enough money to go get it repaired and it's all yours you know, he went through that grind or whatever. And guess what? He still has that car to this day. You know, right. he, you know, so that's the thing about it. And I was the same way. My parents did the exact same thing with me with my first car. They gave me a hand me down. But it's just like, you know, if you want it, you got to fix it. I got it fixed. Got my insurance. Hey, man, it's like that car. I, I That car is like dear to me. I still reminisce over that car. You know, but here's the thing. <laughs> here's another thing about that car. The reason why I don't have it now is because I wanted to go to college. My parents weren't paying for it, so I know I needed some extra money to get started before while I was waiting for my scholarships and all that to go through. So, because I wanted to leave the next day after graduation, I didn't want to wait three months. I didn't want to wait the whole summer and stay where I was, you know, in, in East Texas for another three months until college started. I wanted to get the hell out of there. Well, the only way I was going to get the hell out of there, I had to pay for it. So I sold my car, took that money, left the next day after graduation. You know, but that's just some of the things that my parents taught me. It's like, okay, if you want it, you need to do it. You know, because it's your life. You're you're about to be a grown man. You know, I could use a loophole because most people say, you know, when you're 18, you're a grown man. You can do this. You know, and I could have waited because I was 17. <laughs> I could have used that loophole. I'm like, well, you know what? You got another year to take care of me. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I didn't. I wanted to get out, man. And I value all that. And here I am today. So, yeah. Now, the people I know from my youth who had just had stuff handed to them, they all went on to be very if, if, if very, either very unsuccessful or very mediocre success yeah. and when i say success i mean their level of happiness is not there i'm not talking about how much money they're making or anything like that they're just they're just not real happy campers because they don't they don't understand the pleasure of blasting through adversity what yeah. you learn about yourself in that process you what you what the way you carry yourself when you've been through that process when you when you meet other people who've been through that process you know it because you've yeah. been there yourself it changes you and on a business, from a business standpoint, you know, adversity is a good thing because it's a good selling point because there are people out there going through stuff every day. And yeah. and that yeah. makes them more it makes you more relatable to them as Absolutely. whatever your business or brand is when they're like, you know what, dude went through, you know, if he can do it, I know I can do it. I mean, I want to do the same thing he did, but I know he went through some stuff to get to where he is. I'm going through some stuff now. So, you know what, maybe the grass is going to be greener on the other side. But, you know, what? you got to start. You got to get through all the, the dead leaves, man, and the brush and everything else to get to the other side, too. And they, right. and, they, and they can relate to that. Like, OK, but these people, especially in the fitness industry with this fitness marketing, who act as if they just shitted out a six figure, you know, income, you know, in one day, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're all like, you can do this, too. And I did it all in six months and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, one thing I'm one trend I'm seeing in the fitness industry right now that I'm loving, there's a downward spiral on all this marketing BS. 
you know, you're seeing a lot less of these people and all their gimmicks. You know, there was a time you couldn't even go on Facebook without that right hand column being full of some fitness marketers Facebook ad popping up all the time. Right. You know, now it's kind of come down to like probably the same four or five people. Before it was like all oh, zillion people like, who is this asshole? Who is this guy? Well, you know? it's, it's monkey see monkey do. Oh, of what course. happened is a lot of people started writing that whole Dan Kennedy marketing campaign. Yep. And I'll be honest, you know, I read that book too, and that's how that's how that was the beginning of how I learned to write ad copy, but I didn't I didn't like the over the topness of it. So right. I, I I quickly moved away from that. And what happened though is a lot of people had a certain level of success with that. Matt Fury being one of the biggest proponents of that. He had great success with it. And then John Duquesne of Dragon Door uses a lot of those techniques. And then a whole bunch of other people started using these techniques yeah. to the point where it wasn't as effective because people became immune to it because they've exactly. seen it way too often. And so, so the whole thing had to die. So I'm not surprised that it's starting to become less and less effective because what happened also with that whole stuff is if you didn't, if you didn't have this over the top message, people didn't think your stuff was that great. Right. And, but I didn't buy into that crap. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go down that road just because everyone else is doing it. This is an opportunity to distinguish myself from that and just be more authentic, more transparent, be more vulnerable because that's the opposite what all these people are doing. Exactly. And the beautiful thing about that, you attract a different audience and a different customer base than those guys too, because I want authentic people with my products because they're going to give me authentic feedback. They're not going to be the people looking for the, you know, give me something really quick type thing because they're not going to appreciate anything. And let's just say, I mean, and also these are going to be the people, if you are one of those people promising something so quick and it's over the top and all this, nine times out of 10, when people purchase that product, they're never going to open it. These are the people you see at every freaking convention or conference. They're in the back of the room after every presentation buying somebody something. And before <laughs> they end, before the weekend is over, this person's bought like 12 programs and four coaching programs. You see them five and 10 years later. Hey, man, what's going on? Oh, man, just still trying to, you know, make this business happen. I, I know a couple of people right off the bat when I first started that I met at one of these conferences. And here it is. I remember that person, one of these people buying so many programs in that one day. And I saw this person about a year ago. What's going on, dude? Oh, man, you know, still trying to get this business off the ground. Dude, it's been almost 10 years. Really? <laughs> really? It's time to put that business in the ground, bury it, you know, use it for fertilizer and grow something else. It's done. It's not going to happen at this point, man. 10 years now, it's time to let it go. And just cash, just cash in the fact that you, you, you lost money. You know, write that stuff off. Hopefully you wrote it off. Because but we have to realize it's <laughs> 10 years of ineffective actions, which is why it didn't work or out. It's not, like they were, it's not like they were doing the right things for right. 10 years and then it didn't work out. Because if you do the right things, it's going to take a lot less time than 10 years. Exactly. I mean, if you're doing the if you're honest with yourself and you're learning all the strategies and you're playing the game properly, it's going to it's going to work out to some degree. Maybe you're not going to have this huge success that you envision, but you're going to have, let's say, a, a comfortable living and a good income on your own terms, which is a success as well. Yeah. And then you can take it from there. Yeah. The beautiful thing is. If you go to these conferences, I'm not, we're not saying don't go to all these things or whatever. But yeah, here's one thing: if you, if you, yeah, <laughs> to my, if you do go, to my, my thing is don't. First of all, don't sit there and go to every one that comes up every month. If you go to one, take one thing and 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 go. You know, that's the thing about it. They they submerge themselves in these things over a weekend or whatever or a week because some of these things are a little asinine now. They're becoming like five and six day events. Why the hell would you want to sub subject yourself to something like that? Because all it's going to do is confuse you. You know, a lot of times, most of the stuff at these things, you can find it online for free. I'm just saying. So here's, I mean, there's the thing. Instead of spending thousands of dollars for this trip and then you go there and then you come back and you don't even know where to start because you got too much information. My thing is pick one thing, man. 
Pick one thing. Blast that well, thing out try, of the water. Trying to sell information is going to become the dinosaurs, and uh, that, that's, a, yeah. that's a topic for another show. Where if you're if you've had this information based selling model, you're going to be out of business very soon. That yeah. that's something we'll definitely discuss in another episode. Yeah, because YouTube but, means you're going to be too much. You broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. If you're into information products, it's, it's, it's just gonna, it's just harder and harder to sell information because of the prolific nature of the internet and how much ubiquitous information there is out there. But with with Jace, I'm curious with what kind of budget that you have to start your business? Because that's that's also one of the pushbacks people have is they go, I don't, I don't have a budget to I get can't started. Can't afford it, man. You know. Yeah. So how did you, you know? Get, what, what did you have to do to get started here? To 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 get off the hop, I didn't. I had a fairly shoestring budget. Like I mentioned earlier, we had a two year plan. We were just starting to save to start this business. Mm-hmm. So I I had you know some kettlebells of my own. I had you know a little bit of equipment that I had been playing with on my own to start up with. And I put a little bit of money and bought, and then just piece by piece, I think all said and done from the hop, I I've spent, I don't know what it works out to an American U S dollars, but Canadian it's, it's been under 10 grand to get everything fully equipped. And I have, you know, a full, full Was set this of kettlebells. What you spent? Did you spend this as you went along or this is what you bit spent? By bit, the first bit by bit. Yeah, okay. Bit okay, by bit. Exactly. I think my biggest order was for about $2,500. I, I ordered, you know, a whole bunch of kettlebells and stuff. And then I just kept adding to the collection bit by bit. And I, I built a full range that I can work with all my clients and some groups. Yep. And yep. I started adding other pieces of equipment and, and things like that. And, you know, little by little. And, and, and I never had this ridiculous grand gest- or grand idea of I was going to open up, you know, a giant gold's gym type setup on, on, you know, 10 grand worth of, of, uh, equity to, to get going. I knew I was going to have to start small, right? you know, and I, I had been following some other people, uh, you know, through YouTube, social media, et cetera. Um, and one of them was, uh, Elliot Hulse, I think. Yeah. Is his name? He, sure. he and, and, and he, he talked about how he did the same thing, started up training people in the parks and stuff like that yeah. with, that's what you I know, did what yeah, he had. Same thing, yeah. Yeah. yeah started with that. And, and that's what I'm at. You know, I, I, I'm pretty humble in that regard. I know that I'm, I'm going to have to take the time to build this up, uh, bit by bit in order for it to be something solid and sustainable. And, uh, so far it's worked well. A lot of the customers that I, I deal with are, are really enjoying the mobile aspect of my business. Um, it, you know, it, it gives them something that somebody else in town here doesn't have, doesn't offer, you know, things like that. So that, well, that's people, what people love services and products that come to them. Right. I mean, now, oh, now you, sure. now, now there are grocery delivery services. Even you can go online. Yeah. I've, I've <laughs> yeah. actually thought about doing that, but then I may never get out of the house. <laughs> so, I mean, I was like, I need, I go to a gym a couple of times a week just to make sure I get out of the house. I was like, Oh man, if I, if I cut out that and then I cut out the grocery store, you know, <laughs> just become a hermit. I may, I may not leave the house hey, for five nice days. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I may not leave the house for five days. I don't know how good an idea that is no but that but that but people love that level of personalization i think one of the main reasons why people don't work out is because they they don't have time to go to a gym or at least they in their mind they don't have time to go to a gym and do that whole thing so if you can bring something to them that definitely stacks the deck in your favor and a lot of us started the same way as you chase i mean i've never never had a facility and i've never had big overhead i started training people in a park I, i didn't have a budget to even rent a facility when i first started doing workshops so i would meet people in parks and fortunately most of the time weather was on my side you know but and you just you you start with you you accept the reality of where you're at 
where you're at and you start there. And then like what you did is you kept reinvesting back into your business and growing right. it. That's the other smart thing. You didn't, yeah. you didn't have an initial success and then go on a vacation. You took that money and put it back into your business. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, you know, and I, and I know, knew that going in, I went into this knowing that I was going to have to build bit by bit. And I knew I was going to have to work hard and hustle in the first year. And, and the thing too, that I've been really trying to do is, is find unique ways to set myself apart so that I can be different than it. Cause there's lots of trainers, different, you know, modalities and what have you. I have a few things that set me apart as far as the unconventional functional what fitness are, stuff. Yeah, what do you, what do you give us some examples of what sets me apart? Yeah. yeah just I've, what, I've what done some different, you know, unique things, uh, you know, as far as the mobile training, uh, like I said, the, uh, kettlebells and and battle ropes and indian clubs and stuff is still fairly new in the area i live in so it's it, that sets me apart a little bit differently uh i've partnered with some local businesses to do some some unique things uh throughout the summer up here i was teaching a, a kettlebell class at a local cafe on their on their patio just as something different it draw customers in hmm. for the cafe people would come and train with me and then uh cool. after our workout we we we'd relax and it would be a social thing and relax on the patio with a coffee or whatever right oh, that's cool so i've done stuff like that there's a, a local hip-hop dance studio uh called pounded hip-hop that uh I've I've partnered with and and the guy that runs it actually does some live DJing and stuff so he DJs the, our class and we we work out as he he live DJs for us and mixes oh, that's and, pretty cool. and all that so it's kind of fun yeah I'm doing different stuff like that um, this weekend coming up we're going to be doing the one hour long cycle uh, fundraiser I think sincere I saw something on your Facebook about yeah, you being involved with that as well yeah, yeah it's for a good cause um, yeah uh, Christina you know Christina you know Danos who heads up kettlebell for autism she's been very like very supportive of the autism community for years and you know she made a connection with okay she loves kettlebell so she found a way to connect the two to help build awareness for autism she's been doing this for a few years now so this year I know the um, you know our buddy Jason Dolby you know John Buckley and all those other guys over at OKC they teamed up with her to do the one hour like one hour long cycle which they do every year they're actually doing it this year to support kettlebells for autism and another autism foundation i think it's out of new jersey so you know i just did my part because you know i have a lot of friends man you know who have you know children on the autism spectrum on different aspects of the autism spectrum so this is a thing that's kind of personal to me as well man and you know i want to do my part to really help out and that's one thing mike and i you know we always talk about here on the show man and you know the thing is we want to use that power that we have to really help great causes instead of just always being you know being about us like a lot of people can just you know, they have these things where they say they're being successful, but they're not doing anything with it. Like we talk about the trust fund kids or whatever, and they just you know, end up screwing that money over instead of going out and starting a foundation or helping people out or something like that. You know, hey, I'm not a trust fund baby. I'm nowhere in the same ballpark financially as they are, but I can do a lot with the, the mediums that I have. And, you know, exactly. what you're doing, you know, you're you're participating in this as well, raising awareness, raising money. I can do the same thing. I'm not going to be available to actually participate physically, but I can be there to participate financially and also getting the word out there to everybody and sharing that because we have that that medium here. So it's a great thing that, you know, you're doing that. And hey, man, like you said, you're working on a shoestring budget and you're building your business. But, you know, you're not letting that hinder you from also helping out and doing great things for right. people beyond you, you know, who are not necessarily in the same position as you, because we're all in different parts you know, as far as life is concerned, you know, well, we may seem like we're not being as successful as the next person. You know, we, we're far more successful than someone else. So it's kind of like 
it's like one of my coaches always say, you know what? Every fifth grader is a hero to a fourth grader. You know, it's the thing exactly. about it. So somebody yeah. somewhere doing better than the other person, they can help that person out and lift them up. So yeah, you know, it's all relative. I mean, if yeah, if, Ivanka, if Ivanka Trump had to move into my house, she'd cry. <laughs> you know, but if, but if if I brought some people over, <laughs> but from you wouldn't North, cry. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. If I had to move some people in from North Las Vegas, though, they would be on cloud nine. So it's it's all relative. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. You know, I I got to know Christine a little bit through social media and such mm-hmm. as well, and 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 I really like the the aspect of using kettlebells as a fundraiser for a good cause, mm-hmm. and that kind of helped motivate me as well. You know, knowing that this was a medium to, I think her one slogan is uh, "work hard, give back," and yeah. I, you know I kind of embrace that. You know, and and this has given me an opportunity to to get some people into and interested in kettlebell sport as well, which is another big thing for me. I want to get people kind of exposed to what it is that we do and, and, and all the different aspects of kettlebells, not just the fitness, but you know, the sport aspect and, and different ways they can be used and things like that. You know, I'm, I'm very passionate about what I do. So therefore it, it all comes back full circle to, you know, you know, I might put in more hours, but I, but I'm not working per se. I'm not working the way I've worked before as an employee. Right. Right. You know, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a very good point there too, is, when you do your own thing that you're passionate about, it's still a lot of hard work, but it's work you really want to do. And that's what distinguishes it from so many things. It's not the same as working hard and it's work you hate doing or don't want right. to do. Exactly. That, that's when you start watching the clock. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, Worst God, thing ever, man. <laughs> coffee break is in, in 20 minutes and you're watching the second hand click by. Whereas when you're working for yourself and, and working on something you're passionate about, it's like, holy crap, I just spent this much time doing that. Whoa. Like, oh, the crap. I go, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I got to fit this in now. Well, I've been you, you no longer get things. paid for time. You get paid no. for results. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, but it's, I mean, the things the things I get paid for are all things I enjoy doing. So when I'm when I'm researching how to design a supplement or I'm looking at the ingredients or I'm, I just started working on the ad copy for my new estrogen blocker. So I'm looking at all the benefits of each ingredient that I have in it. And I go, this is pretty cool stuff, man. This is this is this is going to be a great product that people are going to benefit from. So it's not that now if I were putting together some garbage product just to make money, that would be an arduous process. You'd be going, oh man, I got to research this crappy product. <laughs> Hopefully some idiots will buy it. You know, but, but, some, but often yeah. for a lot of people, that's, that's the mentality they have. I've talked to people that in the fitness business actually, where they, they talk about their clients going, man, all these idiots are such a pain in the ass. I go, I think you're in the wrong business, right. man. When you're referring to the people that pay for you to have a good living as idiots that are a pain in the ass, probably time to move on to something else you know? that's the thing this industry especially with what i do being so much one-on-one with clients in their homes doing a mobile service it's so relationship based i don't want to waste my time with people that i'm don't enjoy you know that yes. aren't you know and, and that's the, the beautiful thing about working for myself and and basically setting my own rules and deciding how i want to approach things as i do get to and i i find so much more enjoyment out of life you know what i mean i, I wake up excited and that's that's something i didn't have before and that's what motivates me as well yeah yeah it's priceless and i think also working also being smart enough to work with people that you enjoy working with is important because a lot of trainers or or just people in in business in general they tend to be desperate where they don't want to turn down any business they want to make every dollar and i go even at those beginning stages it's worth being 
it's worth having some discrimination with who exactly you want to work with because it's going to be a big headache if you just work with people that are not a personality fit for you at all. Yeah, buddy. Well, I think everybody in this industry has probably worked with a client or two like that. I mean, even in, in the short time I've been back at it with this business, I, I've come across that a few times. But a lot of times that stuff sorts itself out as long as you are, you know. I've had I've had two, on- and I, I fired both of them. They were online yeah. clients. They were paying the ass. Within a month, bam, gone, refund, see you later. <laughs> right. So I, now, you have to have that mentality of, you know, often people come to you and they're, you know, why should I pick you? And, and I, I turn that around on people. I go, no, 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 no. Why should I work with you? Yeah. Because I know what I'm going to provide. You great product, a great well, service. I'm gonna, I know what benefit I'm going to be able to provide for you. But why should I take time out of my day to work with you when I could work with all these other people? <laughs> you know, and people are not used to that flip because they're mm-hmm. a lot. Of, a lot of people just go to different trainers and try to get the best price. So let me email Sincere, and then I'll email Mike, and then I'll email Ken Blackburn and Steve Carter, and then try to get all these guys into a price war, and then just yeah. go with the lowest one. I go, but I don't, I don't play that game. You know, I'm not the Walmart of the physical training world. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Funny. I've uh, I've met with and talked to some other uh, gym owners and and trainers in my in my city here, and we've talked about that. Some of the better yeah. ones, we've talked about that. Hey, you know what? This is what you do, and you do it well, and this is your personality, and you're going to fit with this client. And this is what I do, and this is what I do well, and I'm going to fit with that client. And you know, exactly. and it's nice to have that understanding and relationship with the other people in my industry and in my community and it's a nice feeling knowing that that's always there that you can always you know i i have my clientele they have their clientele and right. and everybody's happy because we're doing what we want with the people we want to do it with exactly right. you know and even that whole shopping around like mike was just talking about you know jace you saw it the other day i just posted something about that on my yes. instagram like you know asking a small Love business that. yeah asking a small business owner to discount their prices it's just like your employer asking you to take four hours of pay for an eight-hour yeah. shift so, yeah, exactly. So, you know, all, all those folks asking us like, you know, hey, man, can I get a discount? First of all, no. Second of all, yeah. think about what you're asking, man. Think yeah. about that. Like, really? But then, you know, go look in your closet. How much like big name brand crap that you bought for full price that you don't even use and it's not doing you any good. It's just sitting in your closet. Here's something where it's pertaining to your health and your lifestyle. And you want first of all, it shows a lot how you feel about your lifestyle, how you value it. The fact that you oh, want to exactly. cheapen it, you want to discount on your life, <laughs> you know, so, you know, have fun with that, but you're not going to get it here, buddy. I'm not discounting anything. And I laugh at trainers who are like, okay, I'm, I'm going to charge this much an hour. Let's just say I'm going to charge a hundred dollars an hour. But, you know, if you buy 30 sessions, then, you know, you can get that for like $75 an hour. I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? Do doctors do that? Do lawyers do that? And so right. the only way you're going to be taken seriously as a professional, you need to act like one. Don't discount your services. First of all, do strippers do that? Every lap dance, you think she's going to give you a <laughs> discount? No, it's probably going to be 20 bucks every time she sits in your lap, buddy. No matter how many times you have her in your lap at the end of the night, she's going to get, it's going to be 20 bucks or whatever. You know, if you go in the champagne room, they damn sure not giving you a discount. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I'm actually working on a book on how to get free lap dances in, in any club in, <laughs> in, in 30 days. <laughs> yeah, actually, 21 days if you really work hard. Oh, 21 Days of Free Lap Dances by Mike Mahler. Yeah, that's no, the, but you know, you know, <laughs> I tell you what, no. you put that out, Mike, you're done. You don't have to make another supplement or anything. It's a wrap. Okay. Yeah, that, that's like finding that coffee that gives you a raging heart on in the first sip. You know, you know, what's you what's you find that? Hey, you know, hmm. all you got to do, you don't even have to have any other ad copy except that. Right? <laughs> and then some testimonials for people that, that agree with that and then to support Come that. On. All and we then do you're all set, look, man. Uh, to my, 
I'm taking staying <laughs> up to a whole new level. <laughs> There's your slogan. <laughs> no, but uh, I think the other thing that's really killing a lot of businesses is everyone getting in bed with these companies such as Living Social and all these other companies that basically convince you to give away your services on pennies on the dollar. And I'll, I'll never play that game, ever. You're never going to see anything I do through any of those mediums. And the thing is, and those that do, like I've done, I've done stuff with them, but you got to know how to play the game. It's like, what are you trying to do? What are you going to get out of it? My thing is, you're not going to come to my class for 90, for 30 days for $5. Ain't happening. You know, it's just not going to happen. So my thing is like right now, yeah, I have it like with one of my online programs that it's already done. You know why? I'm building a list. I'm building a list. That's what it's a list builder that I didn't have to pay for because they got that service or whatever. You got to know how to play the game. I, I left these, these boot camps who sit there every month doing a new deal. And then when I used to train at the park, I used to see them all the time. I can always tell when they did a Groupon deal because that first day have about 60 people in their class. All right. So three days later, they got about 30 people in their class. You know, next week, they got about 10 people in their class. And guess what? Those are the 10 people they already had. So they're gone because a lot of people are just tire kicking, man. So it's all about how are you going to what are you doing with a service like that? And those right now are dying, you know, because I see a lot of these gyms and boot camps where they were doing that. How now if you go and look at their deals, two people bought the deal, three people bought the deal. You know why? People are over it now. So, you know, but always sells is always stuff that has to deal with eating, drinking and hotels and things like that. You know, more of this other lifestyle stuff, not just fitness, because they're not going to value that enough. So you got to really look at what are you trying to do when you try to deal with something like that. And my thing is, if I can do it without having to ever talk to anyone, then, okay, it can be done from a business standpoint. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of like this, If they got to call me and we have to talk, then I'm losing. Then it's not a a good thing because it's taken away from my time of the day. And that's one of the things I learned early when they first started doing that. And I was like, you know what? I'm not. Here's the thing. I will do, you know. Years ago, when I first did uh, deal with them, I did a two-hour workshop on a Saturday, which is I do an intro workshop anyway for new people. So all I did was just have more people come in for that. And I always limited to like, okay, maybe five or six, you know, and then anybody else, you just be on a waiting list. You bought the deal, but you're still going to be on that waiting list. And right. it, it may be a year before you get in, but you know what? The deal is over or whatever, but you still get in. And therefore, I could just filter people in if I want to. Or put it like this, that two-hour workshop was not going to be easy. And people would know right then and there, like, well, you know what? <laughs> this, this is not for me. And the cool thing was like, okay, good. But at least you got, you've learned something. You learn how to do joint mobility. So basically you paid X amount of dollars, $50 to learn how to do joint mobility in a warm up. No problem for me. You know, back then I'm at that point now I could, I don't want to do any of that crap. You know, at this point, no, I'm at the point in my business where I, I don't want to be trading time for dollars like that. And the people I train with, that's my core people. And I've got a great bunch. I don't want to bring a bunch of new people in who are just starting out. You know, that's just my choice. I don't really want to work with people in the, who are in the very beginnings of a fitness situation, you know, with a fitness plan, unless it's a very special type situation where I'm like, you know what, I really want to help this person. You know, I really want to help them. But just anybody else like, yeah, I'm just getting started, especially something like around January or February. Oh, I go, I go MIA around that month. My phone, you know, anybody calls or even tries to email me, I'm like, nah, I don't even want to hear from anyone those first two months because guess what? Two months after that, you're going to disappear. So I'm going to disappear now. You can't even find me. <laughs> so because a lot of times I'm using just, uh, 
I'm using the Freddy Krueger model of motivation now. When people come to me for help, I go, help yourself, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. classic. No, man. Yeah, that's, that's motivation yourself. from the 80s. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I mean, it's, that's also, it's also important to know what do you, what do you want to do? What kind of people do you want to work with? Yeah. Where, and, and then your career is going to change. It's going to progress and change, at least hopefully it will, as, you, as you've done it for a while. Things that were interesting initially are, yeah. are not going to be interesting anymore. So now you go into another realm altogether. Exactly. Chase, where can, where can people find more information about everything you provide? Well, I'm available on various social media platforms under Iron Ronin SC um, or on my website, ironroninsc.com, SC for strength and conditioning. Um, and yeah, there's, there's some information there uh, about what I do and things like that. Uh, and where and are you based again? What part of Canada? In, in Red Deer, Alberta, Central Alberta, right yeah. between Calgary and Edmonton. If anybody watches hockey or sports, they might know where we're at, kind of in there. But yeah. So private lessons, classes. Pri- primarily, I, I do I do uh, small groups and solo lessons, solo private lessons, um, and then I do have one drop-in class that I do uh, in the Monday evenings at the at the hip hop studio I was talking about earlier. Perfect. So. Very cool, for- man. Yeah. Hey, we appreciate you coming on, telling your story. Real pleasure talking to you. Well, I'm glad you guys invited me. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Man. Yeah, man. Keep up the great work, and we'll definitely be following as things progress for you. For sure. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Cool. And I'll be uh, watching what you guys do. You're always a constant source of inspiration and information. So, and uh, I definitely like to hype your stuff, especially like your books and your products and things like that, because. I've gained benefit from them, so I know others will too. So that's why I, I like to promote stuff that I know works that way, you know. Perfect, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Take care, brother. Take care. Have a good Bye one. Now. And again, that's our friend Jace Nyborg, kind of like Cyborg. Or is it Nyborg? Kind of yeah, like Nyborg. Cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> Jace Nyborg, like Cyborg. Yeah, so check him out, man. He's a great guy. He's got good information all over Facebook and Twitter and social media. So in addition to his classes and private lessons and so forth, check out his online information as well. Yep. And we again, we, we like having people come on who have these unconventional stories, how they were just stuck in a rut and pulled themselves out of it. Or people that were never really in a rut, like Freddie Madball, lead singer of Madball in the last episode, who just started singing for a New York City hardcore band when he was 12 and then went down this totally unconventional route and put in many, many years before the whole thing became viable. I mean, he was doing... UPS jobs on the side, FedEx for a long time, even when he had record deals, but just stayed that path because it's what he loved. And eventually the whole thing worked out pretty nicely for him. Exactly. So it's just mo- it's, it's real motivation. It's not just us quoting people and saying, OK, let's get you motivated. Let's get real people with real stories. That's what we're going to keep doing. But now one thing you can do to show your appreciation for all of this great information is to use coupon code LLA and go to MikeMahler.com, get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements, testosterone booster, my recovery oil for great sleep, my Restorezyme to get rid of those aches and pains, improve your recovery, and all of my videos, T-shirts, eBooks, you know the bank, you know the shebang. And also my estrogen blocker is in production right now. It'll be out first 
week or second week of November. I'll have detailed information on that. It's for both men and women. So a lot of women have been clamoring going, when are you going to make something for us? Well, here it is. <laughs> so make sure you buy it <laughs> when it comes out. I expect to see a lot of female names when that when, I, when that product is on my website. And what about you, man? What can they get with, with that coupon code yeah, with you? Same, same thing, man. Just hop over to newwarriortraining.com. Use that same coupon code LLA. You can purchase my DVD, whether it's physical or the download version. You can purchase my weight management 101 online course over there as well the wellness code digital copy of that book as well as 10% off of my Costa Rican Churia doors right now as we're recording this today I'm sold out of the big ones so we have I have the small ones that are still available and um, those are easy to travel with as well not that the big one wasn't but this one really is so I still have a few of those left waiting right now got more in production so I know I had some emails from folks over the weekend they wanted the big one and you know I just told them like hey as soon as I get them in I'll let you know so while you're over there at newwarriortraining.com if you're not already on my email list go ahead and get on it so you know when that's available but in the meantime use that coupon code LLA and get whatever's there that can be purchased you can buy it okay <laughs> it's just that simple all right folks Take care. We'll see you next time. Take care.